Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. How can clinical trials and research projects help to improve health care now and into the future? Are there unique aspects of our population that make it advantageous to be from the islands? Well, today we're going to learn more. I am joined here in the studio by Dr. Stacy Honda and also by Kathy Higuchi, and they're working with the Kaiser Permanente Research Bank and trying to help us figure out what are ways that we can use our unique ethnic variations here in the islands to help improve healthcare, not just here locally, but even beyond and throughout the mainland, throughout the United States, throughout the world, really. And we're going to learn today about what are some of these research projects and how can some of our local people here in the islands become part of it. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And now, Dr. Stacy, I have to ask, a lot of people wonder, you know, we've gotten to this point in medicine because there have been people whose shoulders we stood upon who have helped to determine some of our current practices in medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, when we learned how to control high blood pressure, we could find out that controlling blood pressure reduced heart attacks and strokes in populations. Right. And by doing research, we got that knowledge, got mm-hmm. that proof, and then we do that for people these days. What would be the reason for someone today to want to participate in any type of research or clinical trial? Well, just as as you mentioned, these people in the past have participated in these trials to help us currently today. So I think we want to participate in these trials for the future generations, so for our children, for our you know grandchildren, for yeah, just for our ancestors. And, you know, we find new things out through research all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think some of the practices that we just do because we've always been told that's the way you do it, where now they're doing some research and figuring out maybe that's not the way we ought to do it. You know, I know some recent research looked at, you know, is it always right to go ahead and put, you know, stents in arteries of people who have no chest pain? Okay. So we figured that might not be the best of all plans, but we figured that out by doing research. And so those sorts of projects Mm -hmm. that help to give us a general sense of what's right while still allowing us to individualize and personalize medicine to the the person who's dealing with that condition. Mm Mm-hmm. So we so on an altruistic level, we may want to participate in some type of research and clinical trials to help people today and to help people into the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathy, are there unique aspects of the population here in Hawaii that make this an attractive place to do research? Yeah, actually, it's the perfect place to do research because of the multi-ethnic um, diversity that's going on in the state. And what's nice is that the Kaiser permanente population, the member population, resembles the state population. And so it's a great laboratory to do research because of the mix of all the ethnicities. It's a, it just demonstrates that we all react differently to treatment, to care genetically. And so it's just um, we're becoming a focus now um, for other research um, facilities and other research studies. Now, are we part of a collaborative that allows other organizations to use some of our research? Yeah, so not only do we do research within the Kaiser Permanente Center for Health Research Hawaii, but also um, the other Kaiser regions and also the Healthcare Services Research Network, HICCERN, which is a collaboration of about 18, I want to say, yeah, Yeah, care delivery services. Mm -hmm. And we share data, which is the VDW. 
the virtual data warehouse, and we found a common data model Mm -hmm. so that we can easily share the data across all the different research centers. So virtual data model. I'm learning all these new different, (laughs) no, the virtual data warehouse. Yes. So why would people need to have a warehouse of data? Dr. Honda, what do you what do you get from your warehouse? I mean, I go to Costco, I probably buy stuff I shouldn't buy, right? But <laughs> yeah. when you have a virtual data warehouse, is there some benefit to having this be cross-collaborative amongst different organizations? Yeah. There certainly are. You know, I think when you do research, one of the major things is to look at a number of, a huge number of, of individuals. And so with the virtual data warehouse, it every Every healthcare organization may collect data in different ways, but the virtual data warehouse actually makes it such that you can actually compare and or contrast data from different sites. So actually you have a huge database that you can, that you can use as a, as a research tool. Now, why do you need so many people when doing a research study? Oh, because you want to look at Oh, there's variation out there. So you really want to look at what all the variations are and are there really certain things that um, will actually make a difference when you're looking at some disease process or maybe even like a clinical trial for uh, a treatment. So with all the variations that are in each individual, you want to really look at what's a real de- deciding factor to make a difference in one treatment versus another. So by having a huge database, you can actually, uh, the power they call it power of the research. Um, that's kind of a technical term, but it really shows the importance of that variable that may make a difference in treatment or disease processes. Sure. So if you're looking at maybe a group of 30 people, right. you might find one or two different areas that are different. But, you know, that just could be those 30 people. If you look right. at exactly. 300,000 people, there's a term that is used in research called statistical significance. Yes, exactly. How would you describe the definition or what would be your definition of statistical significance? Well, I think it's exactly what we were talking about. You know, to have statistical significance, you have to have a large number. Because just as you said, if you just have one out of 30 that could not be significant, you know, significant. But if you have one out of a thousand, say, or like a group ten out of a thousand, you're more confident that what you're finding is something very significant. So we're looking to try and establish whether or not those relationships that we're seeing in our Mm -hmm. research are true or could be by chance. Right, right. And obviously, the more incidences you have out of that thousand, say, the more, the stronger the significance. Mm-hmm. And we right. mentioned that power of studies, which really is to determine how effective, how much can we use this study to apply to multiple other populations. Exactly. So if you have, you know, one person, I just asked my brother, well, what does he know? I can answer that for you. <laughs> but, you know, versus <laughs> if I asked uh, 500 people who are brothers, what would their thoughts would be? There'd be a greater power in getting that information. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, there are different types of projects. And, Kathy, we talked just a bit earlier about federal projects and industry-funded products projects and the research bank. What's the difference? Let's talk about federal projects. By the name, it strikes me that maybe the federal government sponsors it and pays for it. Yeah, so usually what our what they say is the gold standard of obtaining research funding is to get it from the National Institutes of the Health. The NIH, right. Right, the NIH. And I think the other point I wanted to make, too, is that about the virtual data warehouse is that research doesn't always have to be physically invasive. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of ways that we can look at the data and it doesn't have to, and we can find trends and solutions mm-hmm. and outcomes for um, patients in healthcare. 
So that's the idea of having the warehouse. Yeah. So the federal studies, we do a mix of data only using the virtual data warehouse. And then we also do recruitment studies that we actually go out and are, and the Kaiser Permanente members are terrific. We have a very high recruitment rate <laughs> for our studies. That's They're great. very giving and um, we really appreciate that. But we do a mix. So what we try to do is um, do maybe um, 70% of our portfolio is federally funded research, but then at least half is data only and then the other half is recruitment studies. So this would be studies that you would be doing on a wide variety of medical conditions mm-hmm. with the idea that with Again, we talk about power with the power of the Kaiser Permanente system, not just here in the islands, but also in the mainland. You have a lot more individuals who may participate in trials and might give you some information that could be helpful, not just for those individuals, but more importantly, for the future of medicine. Right. They could really help define what we do. So federal projects comprise, you mentioned about 70%. Industry funded, you know, some people have this negative connotation with industry funded, but very often you have to consider who else is going to pay for it? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're an industry that wants to prove that you need to have this particular pharmaceutical drug out there or this medical device, you're going to have to prove that it's worth it, that it can provide some benefit Mm -hmm. greater than what's out there currently, or at least the same comparable benefit. So no one else is going to give you money to try something that you're just doing in your own garage or, you know, if you're a bigger (laughs) company that Mm -hmm. you want to do and you have a vested interest. Mm -hmm. So sometimes industry studies are the only way that certain things get evaluated and have, although some people think it's a biased opinion, Truthfully, there are a lot of drugs out there that never make it to market Mm because the studies have shown they don't work. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember years ago they were looking at trying to get medication to increase your good cholesterol, your HDL. The idea was if we can't get people to exercise, what if we just raise their HDL? They'll do great. And we found out we can raise your HDL, but if we do it by medicine, you don't get a benefit. And Mm -hmm. so, in fact, well, that drug didn't go anywhere. But it was an interesting question. It was an interesting clinical question. Mm -hmm. And then the industry-funded trials said, no, not going to work. So sometimes industry-funded are necessary. What sort of industry-funded information do you gather from the research bank you work with? So the drug and device trials, I think, are very important for the population of Hawaii because then you don't have to travel and go to the mainland for treatment. It's a cost um, savings or avoidance, right, for the actual care delivery service, um, um, the institution. And I think it provides opportunities um, to give really good care, cutting edge care, to all members, whether they're, you know, Kaiser Permanente or not. But so that our people that live here in Hawaii don't have to go somewhere else to get treatment. And I think that's our obligation, right? right, to give that to the community so that they have these drug and device opportunities. Right. And I was going to add to what you were saying. You know, it may be a lot of, uh, there's many disease processes and there's many, for instance, cancer research, you know, there's many different types of cancer. Some are very rare. And so some of these trials are very unique. So, you know, a large NIH is not going to fund it necessarily because that's not like a big wheel focus like lung cancer or things like that are huge focuses. But some of these may be, you know, something pancreatic, something more specific. So without these clinical trials, there would be nothing. You know, without the uh, industry sponsored, because they're the ones developing the drugs, right? And so they're, they're, certainly it's important for them. So I think that just makes it more diverse and makes more opportunity for our patients that have, you know, obviously diverse diseases. So it really gives the opportunity to, for, for many people to, to participate and um, that, that they wouldn't have 
normally if it was just NIH funded. So it just increases the variety of well, what and I is think a, is, sure expanding that availability right, right. is ideal because there's something else that underlies all of this. Mm-hmm. And if you are a local resident here in the islands right. and you have a serious medical illness and you do have to travel, you have therefore lost all of your family support oh, unless yeah. they can all go with you and you don't have that ability to have everyone there to help you. And right. so that's the other aspect of medical care that we often don't think of as important as it really is, mm-hmm. is just to have that right. basic support of your loved ones. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have to go off on your own and you have to go do some other type of procedure, you want people to help you. You want the support and love of your family. The fact that we can bring some of those advanced treatments to somewhere in the middle of the Pacific Mm -hmm. is a wonderful opportunity, and it takes a lot of hard work and effort to be able to do that. So I appreciate Mm -hmm. anybody who does clinical trials, particularly the Cancer Center does them, Mm -hmm. Kaiser Permanente Mm -hmm. does these. A lot of different major industry-funded trials are out there, and you can research a bunch of them on the NIH website. I think Mm -hmm. NIH.gov gives you a list of all the clinical Mm -hmm. trials, and if you have a condition, particularly if it's a rare condition, Mm -hmm. you have that availability of those. Now, uh, Kaiser Permanente has something unique, the Research Bank. It sounds like I want to go make a withdrawal of some money from it, but that's probably not what it's meant for. So tell me about the Research Bank. What is it and why is it there? Well, the Research Bank, uh, another term that people use is a biobank. I think people might be more familiar with the biobank. Basically, um, biobanks are collections of um, DNA, blood, you know, body fluids, things that uh, researchers in the future can can utilize. But the uniqueness of the KP Kaiser Permanente Research Bank is that one, it's a nationwide. All the Kaisers are involved with it. Um, our one of the focuses of the of our KP uh, Bio Research Bank is diversity. That's one of the key things that we're looking at. Being able to recruit our membership that is very diverse. Like, for instance, Kathy mentioned, you know, earlier we were talking about in Hawaii, the diverse culture that we have here and all the ethnicities that we have. It's very unique for us, but in other regions, they have other diversities. So that's another thing. We're looking to actually um, recruit uh, a million a million members, or half a million, I think it is, half a million. Half a million. Half a million members, yes. And um, that's a large number. It will be one of the largest biobanks with a diversity, but also attached to that, because Kaiser is a healthcare organization, we have our electronic medical records. So all that clinical information will be tied, although anonymously, to the specimens that we have so that research would not only have the DNA sample, say, or other blood samples, but also the, all the clinical information attached to that. Ooh, we're going to hear some more about that. I'm sure. Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Stacy Honda and Kathy Higuchi. And we're going to hear more about biobanks and why would you want to be part of it and how might this actually be something that if you're a Kaiser Permanente member, you may want to look into help research here in the islands, but also all across the mainland. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. 
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, learning all about biobanks. Why would I want to be part of one? I'm here joined in the studio by Dr. Stacy Honda and Kathy Higuchi. They're both part of the Kaiser Permanente Research Bank. And we're talking and learning a little bit about why my genetics might be just of interest to someone else, which seems exciting and interesting. Now, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about the fact that you're trying to recruit half a million Kaiser Permanente members to allow their biological materials, DNA, Mm -hmm. and other types of samples to be used in research studies. Now, you know, a few, got a few months ago, I think I did 23andMe. That was just something I did on a whim, just out of curiosity. And when I got the results, that was really interesting. But they asked me, would I allow my DNA to be used anonymously for any other types of projects in the future? It was one of those things you had to sign off for. And I think they mentioned about 75 to 80 percent of the people who do the 23andMe say yes to that. And you just don't know what they're going to do with it later. You know, it's it's anonymous. You don't know if the results are going to apply to you or not. It's not really attached to clinical data other than the information that you put into your account mm-hmm. that would allow them to know if you have certain medical conditions or develop it over time. How is this similar to or different from what's already out there? The KP Research the Bank? The KP Biobank. Yeah, Biobank, our research bank, is different just for what you'd mentioned. You know, you talk about filling out a survey, and t- that's where your data is coming from. Well, with the KP Research Bank, the data is actually in your medical records. That is actual medical record data that's linkable to the specimens. Not They're anonymous, so they're not linkable to you, but but it's a lot of it. It's a wealth of data that actually that can be combined with the specimen to then be analyzed, you know, for to look, to look for any, any, whether it be um, characteristics that may make either a drug or some disease process to elucidate some of that information. Well, and it sounds like it eliminates having to rely on surveys. Uh, well, we do have a survey, though. I must admit, <laughs> we, we do, do have a survey. Yeah. Okay, because well, there surveys some, come back. Yeah, there are some things that you can't get from the medical record, you know, social history, not as complete. But a lot of the medical history is in the charts. And so that's the uniqueness, partly, of this research bank. Compared to like twenty three and me, that's that's there is no medical record attached to that. Right. Right. Now, are we just talking in the research bank? Are we just referring to DNA, or are they doing tissue samples or blood specimens? Right now, it's it's pretty much blood. So DNA, you can extract DNA from blood, but we also are looking at serum samples, plasma, so protein markers, you know, that we use like for for cancers. CEA, some of the um, various markers can also be looked at. So it's not just purely DNA. Of course, DNA is the big item. You know, everyone's talking about DNA and personalized medicine, but there's also a lot of other markers that can be can be looked at. So it's really blood right now that we're looking at. So yeah. when you get this information, let's say that you use the research bank to determine that there is a new tumor marker that you have identified as this great new uh, identi- this this new thing that you've discovered. Would you ever have the need to go back to the people who participated by linking it to clinical data, or is that not even possible? Oh no, it'll be linked already to the specimens because we it'll be linked not to the person but to the specimen. So for specimen A, you would have clinical information A, from that person A. So it's already linked, so researchers can come along now, do their study, and link all the specimen to the do a tumor marker in the specimen, and then link it to their disease process. So you can look at prognosis, you can look at disease progression, that kind of thing. 
And given the fact that electronic medical records are updated routinely, mm-hmm. would the clinical information and the DNA or the blood specimen, would that be able to be linked and have that additional progression of clinical information be linked as well? Or is that a one-time static link that doesn't change? That actually is a good question. I believe it's right now static. But in the future, we may be looking at linking it further with technology, you know, improvements and things. Yeah. I can only imagine that if you have this this goal, if you reach the goal of half a million Kaiser Permanente subscribers allowing their blood to be in this research bank, that that would be a huge advantage to even other people doing research studies that they may want to tap into the Kaiser Permanente and Research Bank. That's exactly right. In fact, that's how it's set up right now. It's not the resource, and that's what a lot of people are doing nowadays. You know, it costs so much to recruit people and to get blood every time you do a study. So by having this resource, it's really a huge resource for any researcher, not just Kaiser Permanente researcher, but also researcher from other institutions. So right now it's open to other institutions. We have a process where they can actually um, propose a project. It goes to a very stringent um, process to make sure that, you know, obviously we're not um, we're doing appropriate research, and we're not putting any of our patients in, under harm. So, yeah, that that is it's open currently to any researcher. Well, and I can only imagine, you know, there's those institutional review board. They are the ones that have to make sure that individuals aren't harmed. But if exactly. you're doing a research bank collection of information, mm-hmm. there is no further interaction with a patient. So no. you can't harm them if. They've given you their blood, and exactly that's it. I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they exactly. didn't have a harm with the venipuncture, they're not going to get one when you analyze the blood. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it seems like this would be a, a huge resource, particularly you mentioned the diversity that you're trying to get at. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember in medical school, we would learn about all these clinical trials, and they would all be done on white men. And that <laughs> was just because that's where all the research was done in the early times of medicine. And in fact, it was, they were just starting to do studies looking at, you know, women present with, you know, heart attacks differently than men. And it was, they don't get crushing chest pain. They may get sense of fatigue. They may get other sorts of subtler symptoms. And this was at the onset of them really trying to focus on how they can try not to be so gender specific on research. Now let's take it a few steps further. We're talking about ethnic variation as well. Mm -hmm. And that idea that we could have a difference in how people of Japanese ancestry or Hawaiian ancestry or Chinese ancestry or you name it, a combination mix could potentially have different medical aspects to how they respond to treatment is an enormous Mm -hmm. value to the entire research community. Certainly is. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, it's very important for our population here in Hawaii to participate in these in in, in our research bank because in doing in we as research researchers do studies, we'll be represented. Otherwise we won't be, you know, part of the study and we can't really look at how that the variation may be impacting us. So And therein mm-hmm. comes one of the main motivations that I could see is for anyone who gets approached to be part of this research bank, you want to be represented. And you Mm -hmm. want the future generations of people with your background to be represented. Mm -hmm. That if you don't want to be overlooked, then you have to make sure you take part Mm -hmm. in anything that will help to represent your background. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
Now, how are people approached? I mean, if you're a Kaiser Permanente member, mm-hmm. do you contact someone? How would you, if you said, okay, I so want to be part of this, I want to make sure that I'm involved in this, who approaches you? What part of that system, how does that take so place? So currently we um, actually approach people through uh, email. We send an email to them. We have some of their email addresses from our kp.org uh, when they sign up for that. Uh, they also get, we started to also mail some letters for people who don't have maybe a, a computer. Um, and also, you can also go online. So if you're on kp.org, we have our website. You can actually get to the KP Research Bank and you can you can go ahead and sign up online just from your own side. You don't have to be wait to get, you have to be a Kaiser member, but you don't have to wait to get an invitation. You can initiate it yourself. You can initiate it yourself. Yeah. Do you think it'll ever grow beyond Kaiser Permanente members? Do you think, will there ever be a, a situation where your research bank represents Kaiser Permanente and maybe another group on the mainland says, we're going to go ahead and do, or even here locally, we're going to go ahead and also have another research bank and maybe collectively use the data? We mentioned about the virtual data warehouse. It sounds like this is a great way to help advance research everywhere. Well, they do ex- exist currently research banks not only in the U.S. but also in other countries. Um, whether they would combine, you know, a lot of these other research banks, they don't have the clinical information that we do. Uh, if another uh, organization that's within the network were to do it, possibly, you know, you can combine the virtual data warehouses. But at this point, I don't really see that in particular because they don't have the same information that we ha- we have. Well, that sort of distinguishes you from some it, it of the does. other places. It does. You know, that you have the yeah. clinical information attached to the specimen. Therefore, you have that right. additional extra information that other entities may not have. Right. And they may also do their own survey with different questions. So, you know, maybe a different data set to begin with. Well, and it certainly lends itself to the idea that we are now at an era of medicine where we have to work collectively and collaboratively. Mm -hmm. You know, a few months ago, there was an article that came out that said they don't want major medical centers to all research the same tumor of the exact same research project and compete with one another. What if everybody picked a different part of that project Mm -hmm. and then collectively got an answer instead of having each organization take 30 years each to come up with something? What if three organizations took 10 years each and did different aspects? And I realize the years is a little bit of a misnomer. That's not exactly how they phrased it. But that's one of the ways that we could really work collectively and collaboratively to make sure that we get the most advanced information out to the public and help everyone to improve their health. That's really the goal and the mission and the idea of why we would want to do this. So it certainly sounds like Kaiser Permanente has taken this research initiative and decided to run with it here in the islands and also in the mainland, and that there's ways that people can all get involved. And as you mentioned earlier, if you want to have your particular ethnic background represented, this is a great opportunity to do so. Have there been any trials you can think of so far that have given any results that strike you or anything that you recall has occurred just yet? From the research bank? From the research it's bank. It's a little little early to little tell. Early. I know there's a lot of studies that have been approved and they're starting, but it's just very beginning. And you've been receiving a lot of proposals also. Oh, right, yeah. They've reviewed. had hundreds, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. only within Kaiser, no, but outside from of all Kaiser. Over. Right. Yeah. 
Because, again, you mentioned that these proposals are allowed to mm-hmm. use the data bank or right. the biobank to do their research mm-hmm. in right. an effort to try and really help to provide mm-hmm. the best information to as many people as possible yeah. mm-hmm. if it's going to help medicine. Right. Well, it certainly sounds like it's a very valuable way that we can really show our participation as ethnic variable groups and diversity here right. in the islands. Just one other thing to add, you know, our research bank is, we actually have three arms to it. It's three cohorts that we have. The first one is the general, just a general population. The second one is for oncology for cancer patients. And the third is for pregnant pregnancy well, in that way, if you have any of those, okay. cancer or general population or your pregnant woman, you could participate and may want to be part in of this. In a specific cohort, yes. Uh-huh. I really feel like I've gotten an extreme education today. I want to thank both of you for being on the show today. <laughs> Kathy Higuchi, she is one of the heads, the administrator of the Center for Health Research in Hawaii at Kaiser Permanente. And Dr. Stacy Honda, a wealth of information. And you've really helped to educate me about why I want to be in part of research. This sounds great. Now, all I have to do is be a Kaiser member, then I could do it. <laughs> all right. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on our podcast, hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more on The Body Show. Mm-hmm.